that it's another year that has gone by. And we are one year closer to the return of Jesus Christ. We don't know when that's going to happen. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. None of us knows the time or the date. All we know is that it's a year closer. And as we get closer to the return of Jesus, the attack of the enemy becomes a lot stronger. The world becomes more and more evil. And I've been seeing that there are more and more temptations that are coming to each and every one of us. And these temptations are there to try and lead us into a life of sin, to try and draw us away from our Heavenly Father. It tries to get us to that place where we think we don't need God anymore, that we can do it on our own. Our children and our young people are being tempted in ways that the older generation was never tempted. There's more and more sexual content out there for them to be tempted with. Even in our schools now, there's this fight that's going on about what are the schools going to be teaching our young people. They're encouraged to experiment sexually from a young age. Marriage is something that is looked upon, it's frowned upon others. Even for the older generation, you are being tempted with things that you were never tempted with before. We are being encouraged to get involved in things that are sinful, that go against the principles of God. Adverts, TV programs, the media, all shout out to us. We <coughs> indulge in get involved in what they are advertising. Godly values and principles are frowned upon. They are told, we are told that we are old-fashioned if we hold to the principles of God. They don't apply to us anymore. We have moved on. We've evolved as people. The principles of God don't. They don't have anything to do with this anymore. When we read God's word and he says, don't do this or do this, we say, it doesn't apply to us anymore. God never really meant what he was saying there. When the Bible says that sin has consequences, we, we say that the Bible does not We don't see the consequences anymore. As Christians, we're told that to live a life of compromise is okay. The standards of God are too high, we can't attain to them, we can't live by them, so it's a right to compromise. And that's what the world is shouting out of us. And this is nothing new. And, uh, I'd like you to turn to your Bibles in Deuteronomy 3. Deuteronomy 3, and we're going to read from verse 1. And it says, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. 
ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying, the power, but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. They are the kind who work their way into homes and gain control over the world women, who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to acknowledge the truth. And this is what the Bible warns us is going to happen in the last days. And so what I started off with seems like a whole lot of doom and gloom. And how can we as God's children make it in this world where everything seems to be getting worse and worse? How can we resist the temptation of the enemy when it comes our way? And I want to say this to you, that in our own strength, and I want you to hear this loud and clear. In your own strength, you cannot do it. You cannot resist the enemy. You cannot resist these works in your own strength. You need Jesus Christ to help you to be able to overcome the works of the enemy. If you try and do it in your own strength, you are going to fail every time. Just like the Linda mentioned last week about New Year's resolutions. You well, let me put it this way, 99.9% of us fail at them every time because we are not that serious about them. Like has already been mentioned here this morning, we are going to need to be prepared to fight for what we believe and fight for the principles that the Word of God holds dear to. We've heard it many times that this is a spiritual battle that we are involved in. And the best way to fight this battle is to know the weapons that God has given us so that we can use them against the enemy. We need to know the weapons that God has given us to be able to fight with, but we also need to know the weapons that God has given us to defend ourselves with. And all of this starts off this first point, and that is, we need to have a good relationship with our Heavenly Father. And this relationship starts by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That's the starting point. Then, just like any other relationship, for a relationship to be good, you need to spend time on that relationship. You need to get to know the person that you claim to be in a relationship with. You can't say to me that you are in a relationship with me if you don't know me. If you've spoken to me over the phone once, two or three years ago, you can't say that I'm in a relationship with you. That just doesn't work. A relationship take con takes constant work. And it takes time and it takes effort. So how do we get to know God? Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we get to know Him through the living Word, the Bible. Through spending time in His presence, spending time in prayer, asking Him to reveal Himself to us. And why do we need to do this? Because His ways are not our ways. The Bible tells us that His ways are higher than our ways. And so to get to know His ways, we need to spend time with Him so that He can teach us His ways. And for me, there are two points that are incredibly 
key, and that's what I want to speak about this morning. And the first one is prayer, and the second one is really Father. When we are not found in the Word, and we are not praying, we will easily be led astray. We are easily tempted by the devil, we easily fall into sin, and we are easily led into false teachings and religions. But when the Word is alive inside of us, it causes us to stand strong. It causes us to rise up. It causes us to say no when temptation comes. It causes us to say no to sin. Because we know deep down in our heart, it's not just something that's head knowledge, but actually we know deep down in our heart that when we sin, it causes our heavenly father grief. It causes him pain. While I was on holiday, um, someone sent me this little clip, and it's a little video clip that I'd like to, to just play quickly. And um, it just explains how important it is to pray and read the word of God. There was a recent study by the Center for Bible Engagement where they pulled 40,000 uh, general population in the U.S. from 8 to 80. And they just wanted to see how we are engaging the scripture. Right. And they discovered something that actually became kind of the profound discovery of the entire study. They, they weren't even looking for this, and this is kind of became a highlight of the study. Right. Um, when we're in the scripture, one time a week, and that could be church on Sunday. That's pastor saying, you open your Bible, we hear the message. One time a week had a negligible effect on some key areas of your life. So I'm going to spell that out more here in a moment. Two times a week, negligible effect. Now, three times a week, there was a blip on the heart. Like, there was a heart. Something happened. Again, a heart attack. But here was the profound discovery. When we're in the scripture four times a week, it literally spikes up the church. You would expect that it would be one, two, three. I mean, there would be a gradual incline on the effect and impact that would have in your life. But it was literally one, two, three, four. Something radically happens. Okay, you got my curiosity. To this extent, what kind of behavior is being affected? Feeling lonely drops 30%. Wow. And four times a week and four times a week in the Bible. Okay. Anger issues drop 32%. Uh, bitterness in relationships, marriage, a relationship with your kids, and so on, drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant. You know, if there was one area when I'm talking to people that that they'll be honest about is they just feel spiritually stagnant. Ask them the question, how much time do you want to read the scripture? If you're in the scripture four times a week or more, it drops 60%. Wow. Viewing pornography drops 61%. That's very important. Now, on a flip positive side, sharing your faith wow. jumps 200%. Wow. Because you have a confidence in God's word. And then discipling others jumps 230%. Wow. 
That's that's amazing right there. So it's just incredible to see how important it is to spend time in the Word of God and spend time in prayer. That is of vital importance for us. And this morning I'm really trusting that with what I share will stir up in your heart to want to go and read the Word of God again, to want to spend time in prayer. And this message is an attempt to motivate you, but not only you, me as well. And um, maybe going to be a little bit vulnerable here, but this is the area of my life that I went on. I know I should pray, and I want to pray, but I don't know about you, but I get up in the morning and I need to go and pray, and I'm, I'm about to go and pray, and all of a sudden, the dogs will be barking. So you're going to have to look out the window while the dog's barking. And then all of a sudden you get distracted and you see, oh, the, the handle on the window is broken. So well, let, me, let me just fix the handle on the window quickly. And then you, you go to the garage to get whatever you need to fix the handle on the window. And then you realize that, you know what, my garage is quite a mess. Let me just clean the garage as well quickly. And when you look at it, the whole day has been spent doing other things. And you've never got around to reading the Word of God and praying. I don't know about you, but that's, that's what happens in my life. And I'm sure for many of you, you find the same thing happening in your life. It's hard to pray. What makes it even harder is we can't see the person that you are praying to. <laughs> when I do pray, we usually come to God with a whole lot of things that we need answers to. And so we, we come to God with uh, this whole list and we are expecting answers for this list of prayers that we're giving to God. And He doesn't answer them the way that we want him to answer them, or he takes a lot longer than what we expect, and so we think to ourselves, is prayer really worth it? And I want to say to you, prayer is worth it. We've seen it from just watching that girl clip there, that it is worth praying, it is worth reading the Word of God. And we've heard this morning from the testimonies. And yes, God doesn't always answer us the way that we expect him to. And he doesn't always answer us as fast as we'd like him to. But that doesn't mean that he hasn't heard your prayer. It doesn't mean that he's turned the deck over to you. Why does this happen? Because the devil knows how effective prayer and the reading of God's word is. And he knows that when you start reading the Word of God and you start praying earnestly, and what I mean by reading the Word is not just taking this and just reading through it. You take it, you study it, you meditate on it, you, you chew it up and it becomes life to you. That's what I'm talking about when I'm speaking about reading the Word of God. It's something that needs to become life to you. When you start reading this and, and praying, the enemy starts becoming fearful. Because he starts to realize that you are going to know who you are in Christ Jesus. 
And he knows that if you start knowing who you are in Christ Jesus, then his kingdom is going to take a beating. That he's going to lose ground. And so he goes out of his way to try and prevent you and bring a whole lot of distractions across your path to prevent you from reading the word of God. For those of you who've run marathons and who have done a bit of running, you'll know that when you start out running, like you, you say to yourself, well, I want to train for the complex marathon. And you, you start your, your training regime and uh, off you go down the road. Maybe the first, first few days you are going to concentrate on doing four kilometers a day because you're not very fit. And so you start off. And for the first few days, man, everything seems to be going wonderful. Then all of a sudden you start to see, you know, things are getting a bit tough. We are to run four kilometers, now making to run three kilometers. And there's one of two things you can do. Either you can give up running, or you can keep on pressing on. And as you press on, you will become more fit and it will start becoming easier. And it's the same with our prayer life and with the reading of the Word. It's going to become difficult. Because like I said, the enemy doesn't want you, want you to be reading the Word and praying. But there is a choice to make. Either you can give up, or you can press on and press in. The Word of God never said it was going to be easy. And it's going to be tough because we are fighting a battle. Prayer and reading of the word is in many ways like this. It takes training. But the more you do it, the better you become at it. The more time you can spend in the presence of God. And if you are just starting out and you're starting out reading the word of God, you're starting out praying. Don't be like those that have been on the road for a long time and think, well, oh, I'm going to start off with an hour. I made that mistake a few, what well, was about a year and a half ago, whatever, I went running with Dana. That was my first mistake. And I felt good for about five kilometers. <laughs> And then I said, you're the journey I said, no, I'm, I'm doing all right. So he said, all right, we'll run the, the route that's a little bit longer. By the time I got to the end of the road, I was finished. And then we started coming all the way there. So don't be like that in your prayer life. If you're just starting out, say, God, you need to teach me. You need to help me in this. And start off maybe 10 minutes a day. Read one chapter there, but ask God to reveal Himself to you during that time. And as you spend more and more time in His presence, your spiritual man will become more fit, and you can start spending more time in your prayer and more time reading the Word of God. I want to say to you that this is a weapon that the enemy is scared of, the Word of God. The pages in this book have no no value at all 
and you can speak to prisoners. They roll them up and they smoke them and use them for all kinds of things. It's got no value. But when Jesus starts revealing his word to you, and this word becomes alive to you, it changes your life. And it changes the situations that you find yourself in. Then this word becomes powerful and mighty. It's like in the army, when you're a soldier and they give you a rifle. And if you've never used a rifle before, man, that thing is strange to you. But the more that you start to use it, the more accustomed you become to that weapon, the more skilled you become in using that weapon. And that's what it's like for us as children of God. The more time you spend in the Word of God, the more skilled you become. And the enemy becomes afraid of you because he knows that when you wield this Word of God and you wield it in authority, that things are going to happen. And he doesn't want you to to walk in the authority that God has given you. I don't want to be a prophet or do, but I want to say to us as a church that if we want to go through this year, 2020, and come out strong on the other end, it's going to take reading the Word of God in prayer. And for us to be able to stand against the attack of the enemy, to stand with everything that he is throwing at us, we need to become skilled in reading the Word of God and using it when the enemy comes against us with the lies, when he comes against us with temptation, trying to tempt us into sin, we need to tell him what this word has to say about that situation. And we need to tell him where he can come. And so for us to, to come out stronger this year, we need to be involved in God's word. But I want us to take courage. Through Jesus Christ, we can overcome the enemy. We do not have to walk around as defeated people. Christ has given us the victory, and he wants us to walk in the victory that he purchased for us on the cross. And that's why he's given us his word. And through his word, we get to know him. We get to know the promises that God has spoken over our lives. We get to know the authority that he has given us in his son, Jesus Christ. And we become devil-disturbing people. And we trample his kingdom. If you've been like the prodigal son in this area of your life where you have walked away from reading the word, and you've walked away from praying, I want to say to you that it's time to come back. It's time to be like that prodigal son, humble yourself and return to the Father. It's time to lay your crown aside and say, God, I'm sorry. I've messed up. I want to get back into your word again. I want to spend time praying. I want to spend time seeking your face again. And you know what's so incredible about that story of the prodigal son? As we see that when that son decided to turn and come back to the father, the father came running to him. But what's more incredible about that story to me is that we, we see the father lavish his love on that son. And he doesn't first say to the son, well, you go back and work as a slave for me for five or six years. I want to see your attitude. I want to see, are you, do you really um, mean what you said? Have you really repented? 
Now we see straight away the Father welcoming back. Lavish is not giving new clothes, sandals, a ring, and receiving, hold a party for his son. Because that son that was lost has come back. And it's the same in our prayer life. If we say, God, I'm sorry, I repent for turning away, for, for neglecting my prayer life, for neglecting reading your word, our Father comes and he forgives us. And he doesn't first say, Well, I'm now going to watch. Let's see how sincere you are. Um, before I start lavishing my love upon you, I want to see, are you going to spend a month in my word and pray? And then you slip up and then God says, oh, I see, you didn't mean what you said. Our Father's not like that. He knows our hearts. And I want to encourage us as a church. I don't know about your love over 2019. I know for some of you, you've grown, you've become stronger in the things of God. For others, maybe you don't sit in the world. Maybe you are not doing as well as you did in 2019. 2020 is a year of vision. It's a new year. And God is wanting to show you new things. He's wanting to open up your eyes to the bigness and the fullness of God. And He's wanting to take you on a journey that will lead to having such an incredible relationship with you that you will stay the same. So I want to encourage us. Let us be a people who pray. Let us be a people who read God's word, who devour God's word, so that we can stand strong. Like that video showed, it changes our lives in all situations, in all areas. God's word is powerful and mighty. I want us to be able to look back at the end of 2020 and say, I have grown. I am closer to Jesus. I know his word better than I've known it before. I'm spending more time in God's presence than I've ever done before. And that's the prayer of my heart for my own life. And that's the prayer of my heart for us as the church, the city base, that we will draw closer to God over this time. And we do not have to fear either. We do not have to fear what is coming our way if you are standing on the Word of God, because it renews our mind and it shows us who is in actually in charge. And so if that's you, if you want to See your prayer life go from strength to strength. You want to know the word of God in a much deeper way. And I'd like you to stay with me this morning. And I'd like to pray for us. Father, first of all, 